<laughs> we don't need our audience. I like that. <laughs> We're very smug. Anyway, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness, we're back. Tis another episode of the RTR. I feel like you're doing like a like a reverend kind of southern reverend. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. Tonight is another episode of the RTR podcast. Thank you very much for joining me. Hallelujah. And, and a hallelujah to you too. My <laughs> name is, we're going to be doing Amadeus. Getting that right out of the way. Yep. Because- Part one of Amadeus. So, uh, as you heard in our Labyrinth episode, we're playing around with the idea of a new format to try to lessen the burden on poor Zachariah and his editing, because I don't know how to edit. So, unless we have a volunteer editor. That would be fabulous. (laughs) I would love this to happen. If you could come, seriously, if anybody out there wants to edit a podcast for no money. Yeah. Clout. So much clout. We're going to, we'll mention your name. We'll big you up. We'll make you into a god. I'll cook for you. She'll mail you food. It's true. I I do tend to enjoy doing things like that. Like for today instance, in the Feed the Zachary Foundation, I <laughs> made a rice cooker pancake. And it was delightful. Thank you. It was spongy and sweet and satisfying. Or not slimy yet satisfying. Slimy yet satisfying. <laughs> and we didn't do it on air, so there's no Mikey the sensor. Exactly. That guy can bugger right off. <laughs> You can't afford any more windows. No, I've got troubles with this house. There's problems in the foundation. I've got rotting wood. I don't need broken windows to add on to that. You know, if we get an editor volunteer, maybe they could be their own writing character. Let's let's not let's not okay. go crazy. Okay. <laughs> no, sorry. So, uh, so Zach, um? why why might you be needing some extra time? Do you have something oh, going what, on? Oh, what a lineup! Thank you very much for <laughs> queuing me up for this sort of thing. I I get to big myself up now. Yes. I have created my own company called Final Fall Games. Love it. Yeah, and uh, working on my first game with that company. And so the prototype is done. Uh, I'm sourcing concept art right now, and I'm trying to get funding, which may be happening soon, very possibly. I don't know. But say I do, that means I get to expand. I get to take on artists or other engineers who want to join. And it's just a really exciting time for me right now. I'm so happy for it because I know you're super passionate about your art. I am and passionate about games in general and development. It's just all a lot of fun, but it means that I can't use as much of my free time uh, to do editing on the podcast, which just that takes a lot of time. You know, we, we tend to yammer. We're yeah, yammerers. Like if we do like a four hour podcast, like if we do a four hour recording, it takes me like two to three days of like those days are almost entirely devoted to editing. I apologize. I am an ummer. A lot of umming from both of us. A lot of dead air. A lot of pausing. <laughs> a lot of nonsense that needs to be stricken. Hey, some say our nonsense is our best feature. Well, let's hope they're right. <laughs> because this particular episode is not going to be edited. And you are going to get the raw Allison and the raw Zach. We which sounds aggressive. Yeah. We might get canceled. Probably me before you. I before thee. Except after C. You are right. <laughs> and uh, I, that was, see, right there is something that was very odd. I'm not sure if that would have been on the editing floor. 
They could have been. Possibly, but no longer. But no longer. No longer. You get to hear 100% of the nonsense that just falls out of our faces. Okay, so the one reviewer that said I was the voice of reason, you get to hear that. No, I am not. You're going to learn today. (laughs) You're going to learn today, as Kevin Hart says. Anyway, uh, uh, speaking of a canceled person, but he kind of came back, didn't he? He did. Uh, I, I feel like a lot of people who once were canceled, depending on the level of their canceledness, are starting to to resurface from uh, the muck and the mire. It's an interesting. It's an interesting phenomena. <laughs> well, it's usually the next big scandal kind of pushes the last scandal out of our mind. I feel like that is a very. It's a non charitable way of looking at humanity that we forget about people's ills simply because somebody else comes forward with something else that's new and interesting a bigger ill for for us to now be upset about i prefer to think that we as a society are comfortable with redemption someone can do something bad and redeem themselves when did we swap hats because usually i'm the naive one in certain ways <laughs> but <laughs> and i don't uh, again so i don't think that that is what's happening but i would prefer to believe that I would prefer the the rose-tinted world that I have created in my mind. Right. Yeah. I think that's a, it's a lovely thing to aspire to. Anyway, we can all go forward into the world with that kind of mindset. We should be forgiving. We can hold people accountable, but allow them to learn and change and improve. Which is also true. I, I, I think if someone is contrite and is genuinely apologetic and how you wage or gauge that, I'm not sure, but... I, w- I would like to think that the reason we have a culture where we are holding people more accountable than we used to is so people have a way to, to climb out of where they were and become better people. Because if we don't believe they can be better people, then what's the point? What's the point? It's basically, it's, a, it's just a tantrum. Mm-hmm. If you're not trying to change people for the better, it's just a tantrum. You need to put that on a shirt. Just a tantrum. It's just a tantrum. <laughs> Millennials, it's just a tantrum. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Anyway, how can we make this about Mozart? Let's try. So would he have been canceled? Would Mozart have been canceled in today's age? Salieri would have been canceled. You think so? Well, it, For it, having a woman expose her breasts, her bare breasts, for in exchange for her husband's prominence? So what's funny about that is... Do we think that Salieri was trying to get her to perform in that? Like, he he certainly set it up, but, like, he, he also seems kind of naive to that, and he cowered it out. Well, I think he doesn't. He wants to maintain his chastity because he hopes that his pact with God Capital will... G. Yeah, that was... That, that's my... That's how a Southern American... When they have to say the word God, they extend it. They put a flipping stank on it. <laughs> God. Stink. Yeah, they do. I've known these people. Oh. You know, I don't trust them. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I've got family down there. Yeah, they're, they're okay people. They're good people. I'll say it. They're good people. They're, they're, they're fine people. They're good. I, I they're don't even good. have to interject. I just look at you long <laughs> enough and you're like, you know what? I'll I'm going to waffle. I'm going to waffle. <laughs> I'll waffle from my waffle. Yeah. It's, it's like a, it's a, uh, an incepted waffle. It's a waffle inside of a waffle. <laughs> and it's just going to keep going and going and going. Yeah. It's recursive waffling. <laughs> recursive waffle. <laughs> I like that as an expression. Now that's a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> recursive waffling. The RTR story. <laughs> Gentile story. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So, was he wanting her to perform? I think so. But he, but 
it wasn't because he wanted her necessarily. He wanted revenge mm-hmm. against Mosey. And then she was. Can I call him Moses? Yeah, we'll call him Mosey. I like Mosey better than Moses. You do? Well, yeah. fine. You know, you or, don't have to like everything. Or Ami. Ami? <laughs> I like Ami. Wolfie. Wolfie. Oh, Wolfie. <laughs> so I don't know why I went like Swedish with it. Oh, oh Wolfie. So I kind of got more like an Eddie is there doing a German from that. Wolfie. Wolfie. <laughs> it does. It's Well, you know, I do associate a lot of comical German accenting coming from Eddie yeah. Izzard. Dr. Heimlich, I'm your wife. <laughs> I am your wife. <laughs> anyway, but yes, I think he wanted her to perform just out of uh, naked revenge. Naked, and, naked. But he couldn't go through with it because he had his vow with God mm-hmm. so that God would make him very uh, talented uh, if he maintained his chastity. Never happened, of course. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, that's how God works. And then he determined God was mocking him. That's right. So he burned the cross. And so that's he the was the first the KKK. And <laughs> Sorry, I just said something that you should have called me on. No, I, I heard. I tried to talk over it. You didn't successfully. It will have gone out on this recording. Don't cancel me. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> As we all know, Antonio Salieri was the first KKK member. The first one to burn a cross. See, you, you mentioned that you don't want to be canceled, and then you no, I, you the, the, our dynamic is I say something wild, you have to call me on it, and then I go, oh, you're right, I shouldn't say that. Now, Zach, oh, you don't have to say it in that way. That's crazy. Oh, hang on, let me let me get back to uh, one flew over the cuckoo's Redacted, <laughs> redacted. <laughs> so, Zach, when you when you say things like yeah, that, that's how, right. how do you feel? Uh, like I, our listeners might look. I, I don't know how I feel about it. I, sometimes I just talk, and then and things, is that the right thing to do? Look, I, I said at the top of the show that nonsense <laughs> falls out of our faces. I can't always control what kind of nonsense it's going to be. But Zachary, is it always the KKK? Is it always the KKK? I don't think it is, but sometimes it is. Happens a lot, doesn't it? (laughs) It happens a suspicious amount of times. White supremacy, Nazis, KKK, just the... Look, they are. Why do you think you go back there? I know. I always go back to that well, and it's because there's such, uh, there's (laughs) such fertile ground. There's such fertile fodder for comedy. There's a lot of sounds in there, and I don't know why I had to phrase it that way, but, you know. I feel like I need glasses and sitting in a splash zone. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Spraying everywhere. Anyway, what? (laughs) So when I... I, What? (laughs) I think we got on this because... (laughs) It started with Baptists, and then it went... Is that? Southern priests, not specifically Baptists. And then... Salieri being part of the KKK. Because he burned the cross. That's why. He, he threw the cross in the fire. Yeah. That's where I was getting with that. And But how did... It doesn't matter. <laughs> so let's... I don't know. That's, that's the bottom line. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. This is nonsense. Look, I, this we're not editing anymore. It's uh, going to be like 45% to 80% more nonsense. <laughs> that's a high, high percentile more nonsense. <laughs> it's going to so, be a lot more nonsense. I'm sorry. So that is excellent news, though, about your video game company. Oh, man. Is that really how we got started? We got KKK from my my video game company? I don't like that. That doesn't feel comfortable. That doesn't feel right. I would like to say right now that the KKK can screw themselves. (laughs) Getting too much air time. (laughs) Okay, we can. This is. Okay. All right. We got to pull it together. We can't just laugh into a microphone about the KKK all day. That's just not something that I'm comfortable doing. 
Not because they aren't worthy of being laughed oh, and scorned. You're defending it too much. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. So we're going to move on. I who's listened to, to us before watching. knows our stance. Good. But it's always someone's first episode probably, and I wanted to make it abundantly clear. Amadeus. Amadeus. I haven't seen the end of the movie yet. Oh, okay. Since this is only part one, mm-hmm. I've only seen the first, what, three quarters of the movie, would you say? Yeah, uh, you're about the two hour mark, so you have about an hour left to go. So this is going to be interesting. I'm going to be making commentary on things at the beginning of the movie that I'm I'm not necessarily sure how they will turn out. Mm-hmm. I might be making predictions that might be totally wrong. You'll be able to call me an idiot from the comfort of your own homes. Or chairs. You might even have a chair in your home. I don't, I don't know what your economic status is, but you may just have a chair inside your house. You're making a lot of surmising. <laughs> I shouldn't do that. Maybe there are people out there with no chairs. No it's a very modern home. Standing desks. They don't believe in chairs. Standing desks only. That's right. Standing desks, standing beds. From the comfort of your Peloton. Standing toilets, no chairs. Standing toilets sound horrible for women. That sounds horrible for anybody. Well, a man can pee into a standing toilet, sure. But the other thing. <laughs> the squatting. The squatting is not going to be fun on a standing toilet. What are we doing? All right, Amadeus. <laughs> Amadeus. Look, I can't edit this stuff out anymore, so we've we've got to make more sense. Okay. We've we've got to pull it together. All right. All right. <clears throat> so, so my news. Yep. Don't have any. <laughs> Good. All right. Let's move on. So if you would like to be part of the conversation, by God, you can go to Facebook at Roast Tinted Reels. Give us a follow there or a, a, a like. Or what do you do on Facebook? Do you follow people on Facebook? Is that a thing? Yeah, you can follow um, if you join the RTR community. RTR community. RTR community. Place. I was talking about the page, but there's mm-hmm. also the RTR community face place, which is the Facebook group. Yep. Uh, you can join our lively conversations. That's right. Very lively. Yeah. Uh, we had some really great interactions um, dealing with uh, David Bowie and David Bowie's music. Uh, a lot of good recommendations since I have listened to maybe one Bowie song. And I would like to call you out if you're comfortable with that. I'm going to call you out right now and say that on our Labyrinth episode, part one, you claimed that you were going to make me a mixtape, mm-hmm. as it were, of the best Bowie songs, because I've claimed to never liked a Bowie song. And I still will, but I, I spent a lot yet. of time building that emo playlist. That took a considerable amount of research, and I even tapped into old sorority resources. Look, I know. I I don't know how, but I accidentally stumbled on that post a while ago. Yeah, it was <laughs> and, lengthy. Yeah, a lot of people discussing this. Yeah. But it was good. You got a lot of good stuff. So out, out of all of the recommendations from our the people on our RTR community Facebook, do you think you now have enough recommendations to make a playlist? Well, I already had a lot of recommendations in my own head. I just didn't put them down to paper. So I'll go ahead and uh, I will create. I mean, some of them are, I'm just looking at it now, you know, a lot of repeats on there like Heroes, Starman, um, Rebel Rebel. Bowie's um, in space. And Under Pressure, Space Oddity. So Suffragette City. Oh, that's a good one. Bowie's in space. Um, so I, what you doing out there, man? That's pretty far out, man. Uh, we also had a lively discussion about long movies uh, that was inspired by Amadeus because we're, you know, it's a three-hour-long film. That's right. And somebody uh, put in there the extended versions of Lord of the Rings, and I full-heartedly support that. I think that the extended versions of the Lord of the Rings are the only real version. Well, yeah, because they're all completely fit into that world so beautifully if you don't watch the extended version you don't get the flooding at isengard mm-hmm. you know you don't get to see little uh sauron sitting up on his tower shouting down at the mean people who flooded his lands 
So I will say that it has been so long since I've seen the edited version. I don't remember what was in them or what was left out because I've only watched the extended. Well, I watched the originals so much when they first came out. And then when the extendeds came out, I watched them so much. So I, I do, I feel like if I were w- watching through the movie, I could point out the scenes that weren't in the originals. Anyway, yeah, long movie, brilliant movie. Other films that had been suggested on there were uh, Shawshank Redemption, The Great Escape, The Sting, Master and Commander, Seven Samurai, War and Peace, Once Upon a Time in America, ugh, Godfather 2. Those were just different long movies that I don't know which of those you have seen. None of them. You haven't seen Shawshank? No. I ain't seen it. I ain't seen that. I ain't seen Godfather 2. I've seen the first one. I need, I need to move on to the second at some point. Anyway, so uh, yeah, a lot of lively discussions, and we would love to hear your voice on there. That's right. So, you know what? Go there. The RTR Community Face Place on Facebook. Uh, it'll make you feel nice. And also, if you would be so kind, head over to Podcasts dot listen to me now dot rose tinted dot com dot podcasts slash forward slash and backslash podcasts rose tinted dot com forward and a back yep go there <laughs> go basically go to apple podcasts <laughs> leave Much us easier. a five star <laughs> review and it not just a rating if you leave us a five star rating that's okay you know what you've you've done us no favors <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's all right. But leave us a review because otherwise we're not going to read it on the show. Mm-hmm. And what have you done with your life? You, and, you've just kind of wasted it. And I will say by the time this episode comes out, we will have done our drawing for our reviewers. And so far we just, we haven't had any additional five-star reviews and comments for for us to and i think that's okay so first of all we another piece of news that we should have gone through is we're now on spotify yes i I had that on my list well anyway so yeah we're on spotify so listen to us there i don't think you can leave reviews there so it's still just apple podcasts so no matter what your platform that you're listening to go to apple Podcasts, leave us the five-star review and uh you know all will be well. It really helps us. It really does and so speaking of people who are listening and out there i got a very sweet message did you? Yes. From my cousin, Johnny, who is apparently now one of our listeners. Hi, Johnny. Hello. Johnny. Um, you met him at my wedding. What did he look like? Tall, blonde hair. So a member of your family got uh, it? Yeah. <laughs> and he was enjoying our Raiders of the Lost Ark episode. Um, but he said that he also really enjoyed Best in Show and White Christmas. And I found it odd that he likes episodes where you actively dislike the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that's a thing. Those are just the more entertaining episodes. Where you're more contrarian. <laughs> I'm not contrarian. I genuinely didn't like those movies. <laughs> Contrary to mass thought. Yes, well, I will stray away from group thought, and I'm comfortable doing so, but I don't do it simply to do it. I do it based on my own thought. Uh, Did he have anything to say about me not liking uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark? Look, no, I liked Raiders. Yeah, you liked Raiders. You didn't like, um, oh God, Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom was one of the worst movies in the history of cinema. (laughs) Yeah, he, he didn't comment. He only said he was listening to Raiders. He said it sounded like we, we have a lot of fun doing this. I think, I think we, we do. We do. Yeah, yeah, I think I think we do. I think so. I know we do. All right. Well, handshake. Handshake to seal the deal on that. Yeah. This is officially fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're how many episodes in? I feel like if it weren't fun, we wouldn't have gotten this far. Exactly. Because so. it's certainly not for the reviews. <laughs> and it's certainly not for the listeners. We could care less about them. No, we uh, love uh, you. 
All right. Well, that's your position. Uh, All right. Act two. Let's get inside the real up in this piece. Are you ready for a synopsis? Please give me the real synopsis. Not any of your fake corny nonsense. Give me the real one. The life, successes, and troubles of Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, as told by Antonio Salieri, the contemporous composer who is insanely jealous of Mozart's talent and claimed to have murdered him. Is it contemporous or contemporaneous? Contemporaneous, excuse me. Uh, I didn't know if contemporous was actually a word. And it's also not a word that is commonly used, so I think I just kind of... It was. It's a lot of syllables. Yeah, it's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah, it's a mouth jumble. All right, so what's your false synopsis? And for the listeners that perhaps are new, we give the real synopsis, and then just for some jolly japes, we like to do a false synopsis that might be funny or humorous in some way. A jolly what? Jolly jape. I have never heard of that. Uh, excuse me, it's from the immortal bard. A jolly jape. Oh, okay. It's just some having fun, a little bit of uh, comic ribbon. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's have a jolly jape. What okay. is your jolly jape of a synopsis? Salieri was going for the Twinkie defense uh, through consumption of all his sweets as defense for killing Amadeus Mozart. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I don't know about that. What are you, what are you talking about? Oh, there was just a lot of scenes with Salieri and his different sugar confections. As, uh, th- I remember the scene where he was trying to feed nipples to nipples of the lady Mozart. Yeah, and he uh, gave basically... Uh, a cream cheese or a cheesecake to to Mozart. That's right. He yes. found Mozart because he was stocking some chocolate balls. Yeah. So he has a lot of association with sweets in this. All right. So my fake synopsis, my jolly jape, is musical man crush. Well, yeah. It's a very fine line between you know obsession of evil intention and love. Well, it was it was a conf- uh, a conflict I think in his love for Mozart's music. His hatred for Mozart the man, mm-hmm. and his hatred for himself. So it's never meet your heroes. The movie. He, well, I guess it's, but it goes deeper than that. I think that he is well versed enough to know how much better Mozart is than himself, and he is he's tried to make the deal with the devil slash God uh, to make his talent what Mozart already has naturally, mm-hmm. and so there's just so much jealousy and hatred there. So, there you have it. So, let's get into some trivia. Do you have any interesting trivia for this movie? I do. Well, good. Do you? I I do. You don't sound very sure. No, I'm really sure. Okay, Dr. Frank. That's going to be fabulous. (laughs) Oh, no, no. Oh, now now the actual Dr. Frank, I'm only going to hear is Frank. And it's much less barbed. I can't even... I, I'm trying to formulate a sentence in the. Okay, first of all, for everybody who doesn't See, know, we're trying to. We're, we're talking about two me people. So much. So much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're talking about two people. Frank from the movie Father of the Bride, who's played by Martin Short, mm-hmm. and he plays just an absolute insane person. Mm-hmm. And a teacher that Allison had in college who claimed that she and her sister both end every sentence with a question mark. An upward inflection? Yes. So. <laughs> So, if you if your teacher had sounded like Frank from Father of the Bride, do you think that you would have been as upset or understood what he was saying? So, I, it would take me some getting used to, but I think sure. I would have understood him. But uh, I also didn't care so much. He kind of didn't care much about me, like didn't actively dislike me or anything like that. But your sister, he hated. I don't know if he hated her, but he just wanted to make sure we didn't speak the same way. <laughs> okay. 
I, I, so he did well. So what are you saying? He didn't mind it when it was her, but when it got to you, he was like, not again. <laughs> I already dealt with this for three <laughs> semesters. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I'm not going to do this again. You're going to have to change everything yeah. about you. Or transfer into a different person's <laughs> class. Anyway. All right. So yes, we, but we've established, we both have interesting trivia. Let's get to it. Let's do. Do you want to go first? Sure. All right. I'll go first. Uh, F. Murray Abraham, who Ooh. plays Salieri. <laughs> You're going to sing the rude theme song while I do my trivia? Who plays Salieri is CW from the Mythic Quest show. (laughs) All right, all right. (laughs) The rude theme song is ended. According to you. (laughs) According to me. (laughs) I didn't didn't know that we had a rude theme song, but I kind of like that. We're going to have to get a master recording of you of you singing that so we can just play it whenever. <laughs> whenever someone's being rude. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right. So go on Apple Apple TV Plus and look up Mythic Quest. You will see F. Murray Abraham playing the silliest old man you've ever seen. He is huh. hilarious. Huh. He's sexist and he's drunk. He sleeps in broom closets. He doesn't sound like a good role model. <laughs> he is an amazing person. <laughs> an amazing character, I should say. Anyway, but uh, yes. But speaking of the man, the actor, he learned to read and conduct music for this role. Hmm. And how dedicated is that? That's grand. That is so, Some great. people will gain and lose weight for a role. This guy learned to conduct music. Well, he he was not alone in that. The actor who played Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, uh, he actually studied um, intensively for six months piano so he would play convincingly. That's right. I read that. And what's his name? Humboldt Thustle? Humboldt Thustle, yes. That that is the name. The the, the actor that played Amadeus? Humboldt Thustle? (laughs) It's something. It's Tom Hulse. Holston? What is it? No, it's Hulse. Hulse? H-U-L-C-E. Oh, L, the L in there, so Hulse. Okay, gotcha. That's an interesting sounding name. Not as good as Hustle or whatever I was saying. What was I saying? Hiddleston? I don't know. No, I've already lost it. (laughs) Tom Hulse only knew how to play guitar before shooting the movie. And then the rest of it was exactly what you just said. So (laughs) I'm going to continue on. So I aggied you. You, It was a semi-aggie. It was a semi-aggie. There's little evidence that Mozart had such an odd laugh. Oh, that's (sighs) mine. Hulse created it. I just like did a full throated breathe into the microphone. You're getting ready for your tubic. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That was more no. okay. We're bordering offensive stuff. What? No, that's actually I can't do it really well, but that is actually how you do tr- uh, uh, tube and throat singing. Oh. I've I've practiced it before. Okay. <laughs> so I'm not being offensive. I'm being authentic. <laughs> Though not very good. <laughs> I'm just bad. It's not offensive. I'm just buying it. <laughs> Why'd you go southern? I'm just buying it. I'm just buying at it. Uh, anyways, it's <laughs> like a full Alabama. <laughs> I'm just so buying at it. Anyway, there's little evidence that Mozart had such an odd laugh. Hulse created the giggle after Foreman asked him to come up with something extreme. Tom Hulse said that he based Mozart laughs, Mozart's laugh on the fam- a famous director that he'd worked with in the past who laughed in an identical manner. As of 2016, he has still refused to say which director that was. I really would love to see, and, and I tried to look it up and I couldn't find anything, how uh, Amadeus Mozart's laugh was described because if so many people described it as obnoxious. I want to know, like, did they describe how it did sound? Was it high-pitched? Was yeah. it kind of stultifying? 
Yeah, was, was it very snorty? Was <laughs> snorty? Can you do an impression of the uh, of the laugh? <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> And I didn't need shots of alcohol like Colston. <laughs> I know he <laughs> when he was doing the uh, the voiceover or the uh, the. I like even when he was doing like an embarrassed small version of it. It was still. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like you would need to be able to achieve a real falsetto to get that laugh. That's right. It almost sounded like a higher pitched version of William Shatner's real laugh. Oh, I haven't. Have you? Well, uh, he. Well, I don't know if it's his real laugh, but it's the laugh he does in Star Trek. Ha 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 ha. He learned that probably from Laurence Olivier. Does Olivier laugh that way? No, but it's that kind of over-theatrical. Well, he was going for kind of like a transatlantic accent mm-hmm. in Star Trek, I guess, to sound kind of semi-English, semi-American. Mm. I don't know. But, uh, you know, it wasn't successful. Well, speaking of star-based things. Which we were. Star Trek, Star Wars. Mm. Um, Mark Hamill. Uh, and Ham. Because because uh, Shatner was a hammy actor, yeah, and ham. <laughs> um, so uh, Mark Hamill um, actually played the composer of Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart on Broadway for nine months in 1983. But when the time came for the movie to be made, um, Milo's foreman couldn't get um, the space cowboy image out of his head, um, and that is a apparent direct quote that Mark Hamill said recounting his his story so he says oh no you must not play mozart because the people are not believing the luke skywalker uh luke spacewalker as mozart Spacewalker. <laughs> yeah mark hamill I mean, during accurate, an interview but... said that he was very upfront about it and appreciated um that rather than getting his hopes up that he'd possibly be able to get in that role so hamill was so desperate to step away from star wars like just to not because the movies didn't do great things but people did have trouble pulling him out of it yeah and i don't really understand that because he had already done it on stage proving that people could accept him as it and he had experience doing it but maybe not on the the silver screen but uh, i actually pulled up on youtube an interview with mark hamill talking about his work as mozart let's have a listen well, the actors, it's a kind of a paradox because you struggle for years to be recognized as yeah. anything. Yeah. And uh, once you find yourself sort of boxed in, I, I realized when I read the script of Star Wars that I served a specific purpose. It wasn't my job to be the cynical sort of modern voice that Harrison Ford is, nor was it to be the fussy, uh, fastidious uh, golden robot that Anthony Daniels was. Mm-hmm. But I was perfectly happy to be a part of it, to work with George Lucas and people like Sir Alec Guinness and be able to travel to England and Africa and and, uh, work on a feature film with people that talented. But I'm, it's it's, uh, not so much a conscious decision to change my image as it is to explore my boundaries as an actor. Your potential. Sure. So uh, I, I... I'm very excited about Amadeus. I auditioned for it like a- any other actor. I mean, uh, Sir Peter Hall would not be influenced by the films to say, hey, let's get the kids from Star Wars and Amadeus. They don't need that. That's true. The play stands on its own. Right. For those of you who are not aware, of course, Mark is in San Francisco <coughs> performing at the Golden Gate Theater in Amadeus, which is about Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Well, there you have it. Well, so, okay, so that, that he says kind of what you were saying, that he was trying to uh, break out from the, the image of just being Spacewalker, <laughs> uh, Space Cowboy Man. Yep. But uh, so he, he got the, the, the stage gig 
And they said, you're still not good enough for this. Well, not I, so much that so kind of blows my mind. That makes me think that Friedrich Milos uh, Djokovic, wh- whatever the, the director's Milo's name. Foreman. There you go. <laughs> I, I, uh, I've lost a little bit of respect for him. Huh. I think that's a, that's a mean thing to do and also kind of a stupid thing to do. Well, and I mean, to, to his point, I thought Holst did a fantastic job. I mean... I mean, not that Hamill wouldn't have. I would have loved to see Hamill do it. Right, yeah. But there was another actor in the film who also had a history playing um, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart in that role, who he also opted not to to cast, which is actor uh, Simon Callow. Um, He was actually the uh, original Mozart uh, for the Royal National Theatre production of Amadeus in 1979. And Milo Swarman did hire him to play Emmanuel um, Schickneder, um, the uh, liberist. Uh, that sounds who, like something that Ace Ventura says at some <laughs> point. Oh, Mr. Schickadance. He was the one who played the the parrot in kind of that gaudy poor theater um, where they were doing the production of Magic Flute. He was uh-huh. the, the actor friend, basically, of Mozart. Right, yeah. right. So he poo-pooed two people who have done the role. Well, apparently also Tim Curry wanted to be Mozart. Yep. And also Mick Jagger. And Mel Gibson. Yep. Which is, I, I, I don't know I'm that I can. Gibson was not picked. I can't picture Gibson. Yeah. Also, I can't picture Mick Jagger. I can picture Tim Curry. Tim Curry would have been, he also played that role too in mm-hmm. on stage mm-hmm. production. I thought so. you were going to mention that. Yeah. And Ian McKellen was also someone who was ah. tapped for Salieri. Oh, I didn't see that. That would have been cool. That would have yeah. been interesting. I, I'll tell you this. I like F. Murray Abraham. I think he did a grand job. Yes. But uh, Ian McKellen would have been fun. Yeah, it would have been great. It would have been a different feel. It would have been a very different feel, yeah. but probably still great. Yeah, and so um, yeah, Ian McKellen and Tim um, Tim Curry both won Tonys for their portrayals of those uh, different roles. This movie is rated PG, and there are boobs in it. Very European. European. <laughs> so um, rude. <laughs> <laughs> Never on air. <laughs> what's what's the rude theme song again? <laughs> There you go. <laughs> anyway, that was my whole trivia. Just that there were boobs in a PG rated movie. And I this must have been pre this no, this wasn't pre No, it wasn't. Well then what's going on here? I guess because it wasn't sexual boobs. It was pre sexual. It was pre <laughs> we were reminded that we should be ashamed for what we're feeling at the sight of boobs. Well, I don't know. I think that the boobs, it was exciting. And then he came to grips with the fact that he was excited and he was like, oh, I can't do this. And he backed out. The boobs are a metaphor. So therefore it's okay. It's a metaphor for straying away from Christ. Yes, exactly. I think. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Um, so I actually read um, an interesting article from the New Yorker. Um, oh, by, wow. Aren't you cultured? I know. Uh, sorry. Go on. Uh, by uh, journalist Alex Ross in a title piece um, from 2019, uh, sorry, 2009, not 2019, called uh, Antonio Solari's Revenge. Um, and basically, uh, he had the, the viewpoint that um, the plot was indeed uh, afoot against Mozart, but it wasn't actually Siri Salieri, who was the ringleader of the court musicians who were against Mozart. He said that the true um, villain of Josephine uh, Vienna was actual uh, Karl Ditters von Dittersdorf. That which, is a name. <laughs> yeah, a second-tier composer. Carl, wait, hold on. I'm doing this from memory. 
I'm not looking at anything. Carl Vitter's Don Bon Differ Snorf. Carl Ditters von Dittersdorf. Dittersdorf, okay. So Carl Ditters of the Dittersdorf. Sure, look, I'm not trying to be insulting to the, the culture that produces this type of name. I'm not at all. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny. Ditters von Ditterdorf is funny to you? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mean to be offensive by laughing at alliteration. Um. <laughs> it is, it, yeah. it's it's just funny I'm and sorry. i struggled through saying it so now <laughs> i'm just very comfortable saying his name so i will just continue. Do it, hang on do it again i'm covering it up do it carl ditters von ditterdorf all right she did it wait you might have missed an s somewhere Dittersdorf. Yep. yeah <laughs> ditters von Dittersdorf. <laughs> so many ditters um, who Dittersdorf uh, was a second-tier composer who posthumous reputation um, rests mainly on his concertos uh, for undeserved instruments, such as the oboe, the viola, um, the double bass. In the article, um, there's a case that is made that uh, Dittersdorf organized a press campaign against Mozart, uh, allegedly um, artificial and overcomplicated creations. So that that's what he put in those kind of skating articles is that Mozart, too many notes. Too many notes. Just take a few out. Yeah. <laughs> Furthermore, Dittersdorf uh, went to the trouble of writing a German language satirical opera entitled The Marriage of Figaro, in which uh, the character um, Turbino becomes um, a character caricature of Mozart, um, who was immature, flighty, vain, and addicted to dancing. He was even called a... Um, Bardasso, um, a bard a asshole. Catamite. I, so I, um, I don't know what a bardasso is, but oh, I thought you saw that. Yeah. I actually thought there was an L in there. I thought you said bard asshole. Yeah. <laughs> is that like is if that, if William Shakespeare was like being a dick to somebody? Yeah. <laughs> what a bard asshole. Yeah, he was a bardish asshole. <laughs> and hey. so uh, Mozart and Salieri, while they feuded, things were never as bad as between him and Dittersdorf. Poor little Dittersdorf. All right. When shooting the scene in which Salieri is writing down the death mass under Mozart's dictation, which I haven't gotten to, so I assume that happens, Tom <laughs> was deliberately skipping lines to confuse F. Marie Abraham in order to achieve the impression that a Salieri wasn't able to fully understand the music being dictated, hmm. which is a fun little directing slash acting trick to okay. actually really confuse the actor yeah. so they, they pull off the confused look versus when you just randomly attempt that for, say, a guy playing a therapist. Right. <laughs> well, and also there's uh, cheaper versions of that in horror movies, like where directors really scare the actors. Like oh, yeah. they don't tell them something's coming and then something jumps out or makes a big noise or whatever. Like an elf when uh, John Favreau was actually working with a remote control jack-in-the-box. Oh, so, and it would unpredictably shoot out the jack. And uh, so every time... Um, Will Ferrell. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Just, every time Will Ferrell was doing that, he was legitimately scared the entire time. Yeah, yeah. And it got a good reaction. It did. Almost, the acting in Elf, I swear, is almost as good as in Amadeus. It's, but it how does it compare to Citizen Kane? Well, probably better, I would have to say. <laughs> or Sleuth. <laughs> sleuth? Oh, yeah. Sleuth is, uh, it's good, isn't it? But Elf. But Elf. You know. <laughs> Oh, buddy. <laughs> oh, oh, buddy. <laughs> anyway, all right, all right. So that was my thing. What's your next triv? Remember, we're not editing. we got to have a good patter here. Yes, sorry. 
Uh, so according to Classic FM, um, they... Welcome to Classic FM. This is Snooty and the Blowfish. A walk, a walk, a That's right. Anyway, continue. Um, they had a, a segment about the rise of the poisoning scandal. Um, and so basically, uh, within six years of Salieri's death, the Russian writer Pushkin wrote a play called Mozart and Salieri, which betrayed the danger of envy. Um, and then 1898... Rimsky-Korsakov turned Pushkin's play into an opera, and both had suggested that Salieri's jealousy of Mozart led him to poison the young composer. So is that true? Did this actually happen? The truth is no one knows. Uh, Nobody but, knows. But the story of Salieri poisoning Mozart has become so ingrained in our culture that um, even the Simpsons had a crack at that joke. So basically we've just accepted it because popular culture has told us to. Sure, yeah, it's just one of those things. Milos Forman insisted that his lead actors retain their American accents so that they could concentrate on their characters and the performance instead of trying to maintain some sort of other accent. And it was kind of interesting. So there were English actors who put on an American accent to play Germans or, mm -hmm. you know, proto-Germans, whatever it would have been at the time. It wouldn't have been Germany or they wouldn't have been German. They would have been Austrian or, you know, whatever. But they would put on American accents. So the idea was everybody who had an American accent or spoke English generally in an opera would be German or Austrian or whatever it was at the time. And if it was Italian, they actually spoke Italian or affected a very strong Italian accent. This was just to, so you could kind of distinguish and feel what it would have been like to be a person at the time who understood German, but not Italian. Huh. I thought that was an interesting choice for the direction. I have to say that Mozart's accent being very American mm -hmm. kind of bumped me at first. I thought it was kind of weird. I got used to it. So, yeah, the, I think that the the only person whose accent seemed jarring because there were so many Americanized accents mm -hmm. um, was Cranky Hobbit. Cranky Hobbit was the only one who seemed to have an accent. Cranky Hobbit, Cranky Hobbit. He was the one of the court composers yeah, of the heavier about. set. Yeah, yeah was, was he all very sweaty very often? Yes, so, sweaty. I don't know what the sweat was about. I, don't, I went kind of like Canada via Russia there. I don't know what was happening. <laughs> well, they can see Russia from their houses. Depending That's on true. It. Yeah, from Sarah. What's her face? Uh, Palin. Palin. Yeah, Sarah Palin. Yeah, yeah. Bring it back. Bring it, bring it back. <laughs> anyway, but uh, what? Sweaty Hobbit. Right, yeah. So uh, he had an Italian accent because he was supposed to be Italian. Yeah, but to me, like he kind of fainted in and out of that a little bit. Oh, maybe so. So sometimes it seemed a little British. But I, I did read. I think he was an English actor. He is an English actor. Well, is. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to say that he was English and now he's like Canadian or something like that. Oh, I thought. Or dead. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> he might be dead. Might, I have yeah, no I idea. I didn't look it up. I don't, no, know, I, I don't know nothing about that fella. Let's get off that topic. He seemed aged at the time. And he seemed and, aged as a, a cranky hobbit. And a cranky hobbit. So I'm not sure that he's still alive. But Although he did. Did love him some fireworks from Gandalf. Are you trying to equate him to... No, there was the one cranky hobbit. Yeah, who was like, who was laid back in a chair, had a foot up. Paddle feet! No, so there was the one who was working in his yard when all the kids are chasing down the carriage and he's making a stank face. Oh, no, no. He was laughing and then his wife came up and like and nudged he him and then he went back to stank face. And then he went to stank face because he, his wife expected it of him. He was stank face before, then fireworks happened and he smiled and then he went back to stank face. Like he remembered, oh, oh yeah, oh. I gotta be stanky. Yeah, yeah, because his wife was giving him guff. Yeah. A little bit of guff. A little guff. I think their marriage wasn't so good. 
Well, <laughs> there's a lot we can uh, ascertain from just one expression from that guy. Exactly. From stank feet. <laughs> stank feet. That's <laughs> his. Feet. That's his tribe. Stank feet. <laughs> I'd be cranky too. <laughs> if your feet were stank all the time, probably. And my name thusly came from that. <laughs> Everybody in town calls us stank feet. I think we need to change something about our diet or hygiene uh, procedures. Nah, let's just roll with it. <laughs> stank feet, we are. <laughs> Anyway, I think I did the last trivia, so I believe it's your turn. Go ahead with your bad self. By the way, we're 50 minutes in. By God, we've got a lot of trivia, and we still need to hit a little bit of this movie. Okay. So Vincent Chivalli is a favorite actor of uh, Milo's Foreman um, and appeared in Man in the Moon, um, The People versus Larry Flint, Amadeus, and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Cuckoo. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, and... Those were the only two Foreman films to win Academy Awards for Best Picture. So he would just kind of tag those actors that he liked a lot. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Speaking of things, anyway, Mozart's father, the actor that played Mozart's father, Leopold Mozzi. Yeah, I got a lot of my dad vibes from him. <laughs> he was played by Roy Detrice, who is the narrator for all of the Song of Ice and Fire books on oh. audiobook. And he was supposed to play Maester Picel in King's Landing, but he had a heart trouble right before they started filming the first season, so they had to get another actor. Very sad, but uh, he's dead now, so he'll never be able to do anything again. It's very sad. I, I love those audiobooks. You said it so flatly, though, that I would <laughs> never get that you were sad. <laughs> no, I, I thought he did a great job. I think that there are other uh, voiceover actors that might do more diversity in their voices. Mm -hmm. He had like three or four voices that he would give people, and... That didn't work for small children, small mm -hmm. female children especially. Sometimes they sounded like crones. <laughs> but overall, he had a very dramatic reading. He was very good. But that's all I had to say. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I'll say also the performance on, on Don Giovanni in the movies was filmed on the same stage where the opera actually first appeared. I actually have a good segue from that Do. trivia. So um, they actually only used... Uh, Candlelight. Mother Crunk. No, that's an Aggie. That was one of my favorite things. But go ahead. No, no, go ahead. You, you can tell it if it's no, your favorite. I'm just going to sit over here and stare at the sun. So for that theater, um, they actually only used Candlelight because it's more true to how it actually would have appeared. Um, and uh, Twyla Tharp, who did the choreography for the film, um, was recanting how she felt because she was apparently just so terrified that they were going to burn down the theater she said uh, we had fire everywhere we could have burnt down the opera house uh, we had live fire in the chandeliers um wow we were lighting people on the stage with the use of candlelight and these guys were whipping these torches all around and so she just yeah she was worried that her mark on this theater would have been to burn, burn it, it down, down. <laughs> although that's very historically uh significant she, her name would have gone down with the likes of mozart yeah. Which yeah. was kind of, you know, not the way she'd want to probably. Infamously. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it's still there. And I will add on to that. The thing that I read was the entire film was shot with natural light. Wow. No light bulbs were which, involved. Which is so interesting because they were able to achieve beautiful color saturation. Sure. Yeah. And a lot of the lights or a lot of the lighting for the interiors must have been a nightmare because you would have had to wait for the right time of day. Or to shoot inside. That, that old uh, Egyptian trick of tilting 
mirrors? Well, they, they put uh, frosted paper on the windows so mm-hmm. that it would diffuse some of the lighting coming in so it wouldn't be so harsh and direct. Mm-hmm. So they, they had tricks for making the light soften out and do what they wanted it to do. But it was still, they, they were at the whims of the time of day. Wow. And the sun being there. Very interesting stuff. So Patricia von Brandenstein... Um, actually became the first woman uh, woman to win an Oscar for Best Art Direction with this movie. Um, she also had nightmares about damaging just uh, any of the set pieces because of the lack of use of electricity um, and said, I thought God would truly punish me if any of these places caught on fire. And so he would. Yeah. Uh, Sets and costumes for the operatic productions were based on sketches from the original costumes and sets used when the operas premiered, which I think is pretty interesting because I guess there would have been sketches, but the fact that they survived so long so that they could have been used by the the set designers and the costume designers of a 1980s movie is amazing. Yeah, and we definitely didn't have in the early 80s the type of archiving, like digital archiving that we have access to right now. So just... It, it makes me sad to think of how much of history and art and different things that were written down on paper that we've lost and will never get again. It's interesting. It's sad. Like it's, the burning of Alexandria. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like all of the books yeah, in the universe. The books, yeah. <laughs> Which is just a damn shame. All right. Well, I'm out of trivia. Let's just move the heck on for the love of Christ. It's quiz time. <laughs> I was ready for you that time. Now, <laughs> hear me when I say that this quiz... No, I'm not going to shout anymore. <laughs> I'm in this voice now. Hear me when I say that this quiz is going to test the fabric of your being. Jeremy Irons is giving me the quiz. It's going to test every aspect of your mental fortitude, and you must be physically ready. So I, I got to be real honest. I feel like I'm going to fail this. Like, straight out the gate. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very white. <laughs> and for you, the listeners, I want you to prepare yourselves also. Remember to pause the podcast so that you can answer honestly before I give Allison the answer. And you have to also, since I'm not editing, we can't leave too much of a pause while you think. So you've got to give an answer quickly. <laughs> Even harder for you. Dun, dun, dun. What was Salieri's nickname for child Mozart? Allison thinks... She ponders with hand on chin. Well, Salieri's dad called him a performing monkey. Yes, but that's not the question. No, I'm trying to remember this. He I will it- repeat the question for the listeners while Allison ponders. What was Salieri's nickname for child Mozart? She now ponders with hand over mouth. I mean, he called him a prodigy. I don't remember exact golden child or something like that, but I... Are you tapping out? Would you like me to give you the answer? I'll say um, golden child, but then I will admit that I think it's wrong. All right. Well, you're right that it's wrong. (laughs) One point. (laughs) (laughs) But the question wasn't, are you going to be wrong? If it was, you would have gotten a point. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you didn't clarify, so I feel like this is on you, really. The answer is the creature. Oh, the creature. Question number two. Who was Mozart's employer at the beginning of the movie? It was a cardinal, but I do not remember the cardinal's name. She now ponders with hand on throat. No, I'm not going to get it. You're not pondering. I I know it's a cardinal, but I don't know. Well, even that is wrong. It was Prince 
Prince. Prince. Prince Archbishop of Salzburg. Oh, okay. Or Salzburg. Question number three. In which opera did Salieri say Leopold was, quote, haunting his poor son from beyond the grave? Wasn't it Don Giovanni? Well, I don't know. I'm asking you. Well, that <laughs> Don Giovanni. That's your final answer. Yes. Yes. One point to Allison. Two points Adding total. to the previous point, making two. Funny years. <laughs> <laughs> but I do applaud you for your ability to add one and one. <laughs> Question number wow. five. <laughs> Spicy. <laughs> Question number four. Although Constanz and Mozart had six children, only two of them lived to adulthood. How many were shown in this movie? Un. Very strange, isn't it, that they would leave out so many? One little boy. One little boy named... This is a bonus point. You're correct. Did we ever get to hear his name? I'm not so sure. I haven't finished the movie. It's possible that they have said after where I am. Yeah, I don't I don't recall them ever saying his name. Well, question number five. Which Sex in the City star was in the movie? Cynthia Nixon. You are correct. She was very young in that movie, too. Question number six. Who was Emperor Joseph's famous sister? Marie Antoinette. And he's so worried about her. Question number seven. What mask does Leopold choose for the costume party. She ponders again. Hand on throat. <laughs> I will choke it out of you. Um. <laughs> You're speaking of yourself in the third person? Often. <laughs> or second person, yeah. I guess. I um, so I don't know what it's called, but one, it's like a mask of Janice because one side was frowny, one side was smiling. Is that what that mask is called, a mask of Janice? Well, Janice is what I associate with that, the, the two... The two face with the two different personalities. Drama and comedy. Yeah. Well, the answer is drama and comedy. Yes. Oh. I don't. I didn't know that that mask had a different name. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. The well, mask of Janice. Yeah, uh, Janice, which is part of Greek mythology. Did she have two faces? He. He had two faces. Mm-hmm. One facing one way, one facing the other, and they were the opposite of personality. Very interesting. <laughs> what was his story? I don't know much about. Much her. more than that. Question number eight. What did Count Orsini Rosenberg remove from the Marriage of Figaro score? The ballet, because it was forbidden in the Emperor's productions. Yes. I don't know. It showed them still dancing, but it took out the music. (laughs) He was trying to be a dick. (laughs) Yes. So is that the ballet? Is ballet really a correct answer, or should it just be the ballet music? Because the dancing was still there, and dancing is part of the ballet. So it's never said if it's the music that was the problem or the physical dancing, but they took out one of the elements and to kind of just, Amadeus is not one to be denied. So I think he's just like, fine, dance with nothing. See if that makes sense. Right. You could have dancing with no music or music with no dancing. Yes, that's true. I'll give you the point. What are you, six points now? Seven? I think it's six because I was not doing very well at the beginning. No, but you've done well since. Congratulations. Why, thank you. Question number nine. The magic flute is classified as a stingspiel. A stingspiel? A singspiel. What does shtekandir? Good Lord. Shikanadir. 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 Hey, you'd like to know what shikanadir? Would you I'm tell so me? I'm confused what, as what the question is. What does shikanadir call it in the movie? 
instead of a singspiel. Didn't he call it a vaudeville? He called it a vaudeville. Question number 10. What part did Mozart write for the friend who created the libretto for the magic flute? One more time. What part did Mozart write for the friend who created the libretto for the magic flute? I remember he was a parrot, but I don't I don't know the name of the song, but he was a parrot. The correct answer is Papa Geno. Mm. So you have ended with seven to eight points, and we're not really sure which it is. <laughs> How many questions were there? Because I got at least three wrong. Congratulations to Allison for doing fantastically well. Or not. Or decent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anywhere from decent to very well. Very well indeed. <laughs> well, there you go. All right, so we're moving on to movie analysis. Now let's do, what. first of all, what was your nostalgia rating for this goddamn movie? I'm sorry, I didn't mean for that to come out so aggressively. You really did, though. For this gosh dang movie. Uh, eight out of ten for my nostalgia yeah. with a heart of seven out of ten. A heart of seven out of ten. And what would you predict my rating would be at the end of this whole thing? I said for a real rating, an eight, and a heart rating, an eight. My God, dub eights. And, you know, part of... Part of the reason I thought you might have scored it as such is I got a lot on this viewing. Um, some of his behavior just kind of a very focused genius. I, I kind of got almost like a Steve Jobs kind of personality from him. A little less in control, like rock star Steve Jobs. Rock star Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs was kind of a rock star in his industry. Yeah, but just kind of that, that line where... Well, and it was the same sort of thing where Steve Jobs could not be refused. Yeah. Like when his board wouldn't give him something that he wanted, he literally stood on the table and would sh just shout at people. He would cry. Like he would do whatever it took to get the things that he needed done. He needed a tantrum shirt for the RTR merchandise. He wasn't a millennial, but he might as well have been. <laughs> he created the millennials. Yeah. Anyway, all right, so let's go on to timestamps. We've just got a few, and then we're going to end for this part. But our first one is... I actually have one at the very beginning that we don't actually need to queue up. Okay. It's just more of a discussionary piece. Let's um, discuss it then. Okay, right at the very start of the film, Salieri has an attempt at suicide and is brought to an asylum. Um, I'm just wondering why Milo's foreman is so obsessed with asylums. It's a good question. So this was 1980, right? Four? I can't, you did that behind the microphone, so I couldn't. Thank you. 1984, <laughs> she confirms with her fingers. Uh, never verbally. <laughs> never verbally. Not into a microphone. Gross. <laughs> anyway. Pet fur. Uh, is it? Oh, I thought I... I no, no, no. It's that's fine. fine. That was just All right. making a joke. Yeah. All right. So 1984, this movie was made. When did Cuckoo come out? Off the top of your head, 74, 81, 92? Oh my gosh, you're not helping. 2001, A Space Odyssey? She's Googling. I'm Googling. We've got to not, we can't Google so much because it's just dead 75. air. 75. All right, so 75, he did Asylum number one. And then 84 with fingers, <laughs> uh, he did this movie. Okay, so he established that asylums were his shtick. Yeah, he, he just really favored them. What did he do before uh, 1970? <laughs> and it seems like he's had a storied career. I think that would be fair to say. He's done one or two things of significance. So he did a couple of documentaries and small films in the early 60s. Oh, he directed his, Halloween too. That's interesting. His first uh, feature length was Black Peter um, and then Loves of a Blonde. Okay, for, uh, first of all, first of all, 
I said that he directed Halloween too, and you didn't correct me. I, I must say that I know that's not true. Oh, <laughs> second, no, no, it isn't. I just was too busy focused on yep. trying to get the answer. <laughs> but in case listeners thought that I was stupid enough to think that, I wanted to dispel that. I am stupid, but in other ways. But not that bloody stupid. But not that bloody stupid. <laughs> I would like to bring up the fact that his first movie was Black Peter, and isn't that that racist uh, S- Scandinavian uh, or German or Austrian uh, tradition of going in blackface and... Uh, big red lips and being weird and racist in, for historical reasons. So apparently this movie is a reality movie of a few days in the life of a Czech teenager uh, when he starts work. So I know nothing of this film, but apparently according to a clip of it, it says it's an iconic film. Well, I'm sure it is. Anyway, so... Of Czechoslovakian new wave cinema. How was this relating to the opening of the movie? Oh, it was because he was in an asylum and how, and that seems to be his shtick. Yeah, I, I was saying that he seems to, to favor asylums. I must agree with you. It's a very odd coincidence and I think he should be arrested for not having the self-awareness to break out of such a strange convention. Yeah. Or maybe he believes he should be in a institution. Madness and genius often go hand in hand. And maybe he's only got one of those things. One hand? No, one of the things is genius <laughs> or madness. <laughs> he might only have one hand too. I'm not personally familiar with his physiology. So my first timestamp is at eight minutes and 20 seconds, um, okay. which is when Salieri is first meeting a priest who has come in to uh, absolve Salieri of his sins uh, because of his recent suicide attempt. I feel like he should be able to pay for some indulgences, right? I don't think he should need to pray or have absolution from this fella. Just pay a few hundred... Uh, Ducks. Whatever currency they had at the time. Mm-hmm. Guineas or... Franks or... Franks or... Because I don't know actually where Salieri retired at, so he could have gone back to Italy. But Could have um, done any number of things. So I just really like that as Salieri is so desperately trying to get recognition from the priest, he is not very good at hiding his contempt when the priest does not know him at all. He's just so desperate for recognition. I loved how he was playing that. And that age makeup is also beautiful. Yeah, they did a really good job. I regret it is not too familiar. Can you recall no melody of mine? I was the most famous composer in Europe. I wrote 40 operas alone. Yeah. What about this one? So right when he did that, the first... I was like, oh my God, he's about to play Black Parade by (laughs) My Chemical Romance. I bet there's a super cut somewhere. (laughs) If there's not, someone needs to make it because I would really like to see Antonio Salieri playing the Black Parade. (laughs) Yes, I know that. Oh, that's charming. (laughs) I'm sorry. Oh, that's charming. Also, it's so patronizing. Who doesn't know that that's Mozart? Well, back then, there probably wasn't as good musical. That was when he first created his legendary dominance over that field of music. Yeah, well, and he's also a, a priest, and who knows what musical education he has had. Usually, I thought priests were usually somewhat educated. Well, probably uh, versed in hymns and, you know, holy music, but not necessarily... Psalms? Contemporary. They were versed in psalms, not songs. 
<laughs> it's not that clever. Let's Weed. move on. Let's go. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't know you wrote that. I didn't. <laughs> it was, it's a very interesting kind of almost patient condescension. Just, I didn't. <laughs> and then his face just kind of narrows, like just, he did such a good job of being upset. Yeah. Imagine this guy as a sexist drunk in Mythic Quest. I'm going to keep plugging that until people watch it. That was Mozart. Wolfgang. Amadeus Mozart. The man you accuse yourself of killing. You've heard that? Is no tragedy of any kind. I know. I was about to say, he doesn't care how people know his name. If it's for killing someone better than he is, he doesn't care. <laughs> but you have heard of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very Jack Sparrow of yeah. him. For God's sake, my son. Now, this is a question for all you priests out here. I know we only just played one, literally one line before pausing it again. I'm sorry about that. But for all you priests out there listening to this podcast... If you're a young priest, does it feel weird to say my son to a man who's like twice or three times your age? I think because you are the mouthpiece of God at that point, like you're a conduit of God's word. Yeah. We are all children of God from a priest's perception. So therefore, if he's the conduit of the language of God, that means that you are his child. But it also seems weird. It it seems a great many things, but it seems arrogant to call someone who's much older than you son, but also to call yourself father when mm -hmm. you're not the father, you surely you think God is the father. Mm -hmm. Now you may be some sort of spiritual conduit or something, but that doesn't make you what you're channeling. I agree. But I also, there seems to be some sort of weird arrogance there and I don't quite understand why that hasn't changed. I don't know. If you have something to confess, do it now. Give yourself some peace. You was my idol. Mozart. All right, so yes, this is where Antonio Salieri is reminiscing about his rise to prominence, in his words. Of course I knew God had arranged it all. That was obvious. One, one minute I was a frustrated boy. In an obscure little town, the next I was here, in Vienna, city of musicians, and Emperor Joseph, the musical king. In a few years, I was his court composer. Isn't that incredible? It's pretty incredible. Um, first of all, he looks like George Washington. Second of all, he is actually a pretty understanding person when it comes to the demands that Mozart and other folks make of him. And he does seem to be a very large supporter of the arts, so you have to give that to him. Third of all, he's Michael Scott, the emperor. There you go. Night after night, I sat right next night to after night. playing duets with him, correcting the royal sight reading. Actually, the man had no ear at all. <laughs> but what did it matter? He adored my music. And then he smiles very proudly. I don't think he understands that that's not a compliment. He just <laughs> this said... This guy who has no... <laughs> his, his taste in music is terrible. He can't understand pitch or tone or anything. Couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. 
He loves my music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that that's a, a very funny moment that they included. I'm pretty sure they meant that as an ironic joke at his own expense. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's not an irony that he can share. Uh, so to build up to the scene, Salieri has followed um, some chefs into basically a banquet hall. Um, and he is trying to get a piece of chocolate uh, before Mozart is to give a performance for the archbishop. Not here. <laughs> Stop it! I am! Stop it! I am stopping it! Stop it! I am! I am, I am, I am, I'm stopping it! Slowly. There. You see? We see a strange boy stroking a young lady's leg, which is quite forbidden. A strange boy. You don't know where you are. Here, everything goes backwards. People walk backwards and dance backwards and sing backwards and even talk backwards. That's stupid. Why? People fart backwards. Oh, ha ha. I'm sick. I'm sick. Yes, you are. You are very sick. No. Say it backwards, shitwit. Shitwit? I'm sick. I'm sick. I'm sick. Sick. Kiss I'm my saw. Kiss my ass. Emoram. Emoram. No, I'm Just not playing it. this game. Just say it's serious. No. see, it's very serious. Emoram. He's got an interesting face. Emoram. Marry me. Marry me. Oh, I'm not going to marry you. You're a fiend. Oh, evil eye tub. Oh, evil eye tub. <laughs> tub? <laughs> but I ball love. But I love you? Oh, they, they share a little kiss. To shine to you. Tish, I'm tea. Tish, I'm tea. Tea. Eat. Eat. I'm. Okay. My. Tish. Eat my shit. You filthy thing! <laughs> filthy fish! They're playing my music without me. My music? They started without me. Salieri is realizing that Mozart was just this little perverted nothing in the room. <laughs> <laughs> perverted nothing. Uh, you know, but uh, what did you expect? Well, he was expecting just a, a mature... Ref- a refined... Someone more like himself. Someone from Oxford. Yeah, well, like it, you saw him earlier examining the other students, imagining just the bright and professional mind and I, I believe when he was walking through that crowd of people he was like can you see a genius on a face yeah or something exactly like that. <laughs> and so just to see this oaf you know who was pawing at girls and making them say things like eat my shit and <laughs> although is that so bad i mean i mean pawing at random girls i suppose but it seems like this is someone he already had a pre-existing relationship with yeah yeah so but i mean back then that would have been quite scandalous to oh observe. boy yes Naughty. Very dirty. So I think your next timestamp in mine line up at the Emperor is Michael Scott. <laughs> you know, it's a, con- a connection I didn't make, but I am going to look out for that. 
Can I play your your march? <laughs> I want to speak at your wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I like that Mozart is walking just a little bit too close behind this guard that's taking him in. He's very eager. <laughs> He's a very eager beaver, isn't he? Scratching in the back of his leg. That was almost like a Homer Simpson butt scratch. Yeah. Just moment. That's all we'd hear. <laughs> Very good. The king, our emperor, is struggling Very through good, playing the... Oh, yeah. I should have set this up. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, this is uh, Mozart that's coming into the, the palace of uh, Emperor Joseph II. And uh, who has Salieri. insisted on playing Salieri's composed march to welcome Mozart. And he, in, unless you can't, or if you can't hear it, it's he's not going so well. That's not how it's intended. Salieri wasn't that bad. Lightly then strongly to march, just march again. Mozart bows to the wrong man. While he started playing that. And even as he continues, it's really fun to watch Salieri's face. <laughs> Just the kind of dis- wincing, yeah. the wincing and the disappointment. <laughs> Look how concentrated he is. <laughs> the, uh, Emperor Joseph, he's like got his hands there looking at the paper and you can tell it's just not going so well. And he just keeps flitting his eyes back and forth between the paper and his hands. There it is. Very ill at ease. <laughs> Back to Scowley. <laughs> Bravo, yeah, that was very like that. So I don't think he was... I don't think he was totally Michael Scott because he he understands that they're giving him too much for what he did. I just feel like throughout the whole movie, he has that same personality of kind of Michael Scottishness. Hmm. Maybe maybe a later season Michael Scott, not first season Michael Scott. (laughs) Ah. Majesty. Ah, no, please, please. It's not a holy relic. You know, we have met before in this very room. Perhaps you don't remember it. You were only six years old. He was giving the most delightful concert here. As he got off the stool, he slipped and fell. My own sister, Antoinette, helped him up. And you know what he did? He jumped into her arms and said, Will you marry me? Yes or no? (laughs) And there you have the laugh. So Mozart has been called uh, not only to share his talents with Vienna, but also to upset the archbishop because they were stealing the archbishop's talent. I'm going to steal your guy. One of these where you stick your finger or your Your thumb thumb on on your your nose nose and just twiddle your fingers about. Yeah, you you make a turkey. Yeah. A turkey kissing you on the nose. 
So, <laughs> I don't think I will, anyone's uh, ever phrased it that way, but but that's a perfect way to visualize what someone was doing, and I will never not see that. <laughs> it's now. just a turkey it, kiss on the nose. <laughs> it's a turkey kiss. <laughs> oh, how adorable! Uh, well, I think you have one more timestamp, and then that's it for part one. Yeah, uh, thirty-three fifteen, um, where we are getting into a debate about a opera that he is Mozart is being commissioned to do and he's making his case about why German should be the language. Why so? Because I've already found the most wonderful libretto. Oh. Have I seen it? I, uh, I don't think you have, Herr Director. Not yet. I mean, it's quite new. I'll show it to you immediately, of course. I think you'd better. Well, uh, tell us about it. Tell us the story. Well, it's quite amusing, Majesty. It's it, it set. The, the, the whole thing is set in, 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 uh, in, in, uh... <laughs> <laughs> what was funny at that moment? <laughs> yes. Where? I guess just thinking about brothels. In a harem, Majesty. In a seraglio. <laughs> you mean in Turkey? Yes, exactly. Then why especially does it have to be in German? It doesn't especially. It could be in Turkish if you really want. <laughs> now, my dear fellow, the, the language is not finally the point. Do you really think that subject is quite appropriate for a national theater? Why not? It's charming. I mean, I, I won't actually show concubines exposing their... their <laughs> it's not indecent. It's highly moral, Majesty. It's 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 full of proper German virtues. Excuse me, Majesty, but prostitutes. What do you think these could be? Uh, being a foreigner, I would love to learn. Well, tell him Mozart. It's a real Name point. us a German virtue. So, uh, interestingly enough, um, later in his life, Salieri was apologetic because while he lived in Vienna in uh, German-speaking areas for a majority of his life, he never bothered to learn the language. He never bothered to learn German? Yeah, he's <laughs> like, I, I lived here most of my life. I've never perfected it. At this age, I now feel a little bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame him, but I feel like people do that. Like, you know enough to get by, but for the most part, you hang out in circles that understand your language. Yeah. you know, There's a comfort there. Yeah. Love, sire. Oh, love! Well... Of course, in Italy, we know nothing about love. <laughs> no, I don't think you do. Oh. I mean, watching Italian opera, all those male sopranos screeching, stupid fat couples rolling their eyes about, that's not love, it's, it's, it's just rubbish. Is that a description of many operas, fat people rolling about? I mean... Or rolling their eyes about? <laughs> Uh, I, I've seen like the, the big eyed kind of stereotypical and definitely I've seen heavier set operatic performers, but I didn't well, know sure, that that was this. The rolling eyes part is what I'm. Yeah. Not something I'm as familiar with, like rolling eyes specific. Like I've seen like closing eyes when you're really into the, the yeah. note you're hitting. I don't think I've ever seen an opera. Have you seen operas? Have you gone to the opera before? Yeah, I have. Well, of course you have. <laughs> With my daddy. Your daddy. <laughs> and then you, you walked in and you go, do you know who my daddy is? I want the warm popcorn. Don't give me any of that old popcorn. You typically don't have popcorn. At the uh, do you know who my daddy is? You will get me popcorn and it better be fresh. 
No, my mom and I uh, actually saw Aida. Excuse me? Aida, it's... You uh, eat a popcorn <laughs> while you were there? Fresh? No, it's uh, at the very end. Uh, she buries herself alive with her husband in a tomb. I think it's Egyptian. Uh, okay. Famously, uh, they have tombs in Egypt? Well, they have uh, the pyramids as a tomb. And they yeah, it's a big tomb. Yeah. No, I, I wasn't oh, saying that okay. they don't. But <laughs> that was wasn't my way, way of mocking it. you. No, no, no. <laughs> you dumb person. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have tombs in Egypt. I was like, Dummy. Don't, don't they? <laughs> you had, you no. said it so con- with such conviction. <laughs> they would attach them to little helicopters and they would fly into space. <laughs> well, you tell me how the pyramids got here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> space um, helicopters. Let's see. I've seen um, other opera. I saw uh, The Marriage of Figaro. And did, did that create discord between the classes when you were there? It, it did. You know, there was a lot of rising in the streets, you know, just that's actually how um, the musical Les Mis came about was they saw the marriage figure and they're like, oh, no, no, no. We will make something that is sad. <laughs> Suffer. <laughs> Les Miserables. Is that a good thing to, to watch? I've never seen any production. Movie, TV, play, musical, whatever. Not seen any of it. Not from like an effort. I lent you that Blu-ray and you had it for like a whole year, but the person that you were domiciling with never uh, wanted to. A person I used to be associated with. Indeed. Uh, and yes, I because I actually, I fought to watch that movie several times. Never happened. Denied. But. Russell Crowe cannot sing. I There, I said it. <laughs> did they get someone to fill in for him or did he just not sing well yes okay <laughs> that one <laughs> so i can't sing but neither can he so i feel confident in knowing we are of similar ilk right although they gave him a leading part in a musical and they haven't done that for you yet so i feel like he he bears more of the responsibility for putting bad singing out there yeah it's true only you fine listeners have heard me sing that's right you've you've sang a few times you've rapped Aruba, Once or twice. Jamaica. Make a, ooh, I want a something. But uh, let's continue on with this clip because it's our last clip of the night. Oh, I thought we were done. Let's go. <laughs> Majesty. <laughs> you choose the language. It will be my task to set it to the finest music ever offered a monarch. Oh, that it does. Let it be German. Oh. This is yours. I honestly, I kind of like him, the emperor, <laughs> because he sometimes doesn't have an opinion and just crowdsources it. And then he's... Until someone says what he wants. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I feel like he sometimes doesn't. Like, he, he just, he doesn't really have an opinion. He goes for kind of a consensus in the room. Even later, he's like, did what did we decide on earlier? And they were like, uh, Italian. He was like, oh, okay, let's do Italian. And then somebody else pipes up and they were like, uh, actually, I don't think we decided it. I think we were talking about German also. And he was like, oh, okay, well, whatever. There it is. Yeah, but I, I've got to say, one of the, his affectations that I like the most is when he goes, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, or there it is, are kind of his two. <laughs> I have to say, every time he goes, uh-huh, <laughs> it just gives me a little giggle. Keep it, Majesty, if you want. It's already here in my head. What? On one hearing only? I think so, sire. Yes. Show me. Very Morpheus move he's about to do. Show us. After Neo learns Kung Fu. Mm-hmm. Show me. Show me. Show me what you got. I like what you got. <laughs> <laughs> and this is when he turns from an admirer to really just hating <laughs> the upstart. Yeah. The 
rest is just the same, isn't it? That doesn't really work, does it? Did you try? Shouldn't it be a bit more? Or this? This? this gift i made it better <laughs> Ooh, they are not fans <laughs> oh wolfie wolfie So apparently this <laughs> Sorry, the scowl on Salieri is just It's not even kiss. It's not even just a scowl. It's like it's like a heartthrob also. It's mm-hmm. a mixture of love in in the disappointment in yourself mm-hmm. and this love for a new person and kind of your own love for them kind of rebelling against like some sort of hatred that's building. There's definitely, you know, skill recognized skill, like game recognized game there. Oh yeah. But But it's but it's not just that. It's like I recognize you are much better than I am. But and you're younger and you're an asshole. Yeah. yeah. Why why is talent bestowed upon the assholes? <laughs> yeah. Well, he tried to buy his talent from God. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's also kind it of wasn't an asshole move. Buying, it was making a pact. It's a deal. I mean, it's bartering. That is buying, really. I promise not to have sex with the women's. Right. So that when he gets up to heaven, he can have sex with God more or something. Why does God care? About virtue? Yeah. Oh, well, or chastity? No, no. About not virtue. About chastity. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> uh, there's, why, yeah, why does he care? What, how you have sex with someone, when you have sex with them, in what way, in what position, on what day, what you're wearing, who with, where, on the body. <laughs> why, why does he care about any of these things? <laughs> well, he doesn't want you to go about the ear <laughs> or the nostril. Uh, well, you know, that's not for him to say. <laughs> <laughs> he gave us ears and nostrils. Yeah, what did you think he gave us to us for, you know? To hear and smell things? No, that's stupid. <laughs> I don't want to hear that nonsense. And I can't. Because it's plugged at the moment. <laughs> what, what are you doing when I'm not here? You, you just gave me a wet willy. Are you really going to act like you didn't just give me a wet willy? Not on this episode. You did it in the future and I'm just now experiencing it now? No, I thought we did that on a previous episode, or at least threatened. Okay, well, see, I was just doing a bit. Did you give me a wet willy before? I believe so. Oh, my God. How have I forgotten? You probably repressed <laughs> it from the trauma. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Let's not bring it up now. I'm going to collapse again. A ball of tears. Okay, well, this has been Rose Continuous. <laughs> exactly. All right, so this is the end of part one. I'm going to play a little, yay. Okay, it's over now. So this has been part one of Amadeus. Now, we will be back next week, probably. If it's gone, if my life is very hectic, it might be another week. But I'm going to try once a week, especially if I'm not editing. Shouldn't be a problem. But sometimes I, I like to, I might just sprinkle a little bit of editing in there just to... Make it a little bit better. I don't know what I just did. It, it was like a weird bastardization of a chef's kiss. <laughs> I was eating the chef's lips. Yeah. 
<laughs> you went back to the uh, the pancake. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Anyway, so this has been part one. We're going to get part two next time. That's going to be the bulk of the movie. And then maybe there's going to be a part three. We'll see. And we're hoping to get uh, some interviews with some friends of ours who are actually composers. That's right. So we're going to get some expert opinion. We're going to get some expert analysis on how well the actors have done and all this sort of thing. It's going to be a big time. So please join us next time for part two of Amadeus. So um, we would also like to thank uh, Julian Crowhurst for the use Ha-ha! of our <laughs> for the use of our theme song. Uh, I've also reached out to Julian to see if he has thoughts on this. See, film. he is a composer man. He is, and a composer we're man. gonna get man. his man. That's pretty composer man. <laughs> we're gonna get his opinions next episode, and hopefully uh, some some others as well. I, I've reached out to three. I didn't know I knew three composers, but I do. Good for you. <laughs> Well done. Well Well done, you. You know people that have talents. (laughs) Wish you were one. Not, I was going to say, not saying that you don't have talents. It came out that way, not how I intended it. (laughs) It's okay, Dad. I get it. (laughs) Anyway, all right. So thank you for joining us. And please stay tuned for the next episode where we continue our journey into Amadeus. Yes. And uh, do give us a five-star rating. Um, Review. Yes, a five-star review, excuse me, with words. On Apple Podcasts. On Apple Podcasts. Um, Now listen to us on Spotify. And, uh, you know, let us know how you like this new format on the RTR Community Face Place. Indubitably. All right. Well, thanks very much for listening. I've been Zach. I'm Allison. (laughs) Bye-bye.